it's it's not about that and that's the sad thing is that getting people to have this grand understanding that it's not about what we have here today it's not about what we have five years from now it's about the legacy that you're created and where you are going to be when all this is over with your life your journey starts now my name is Doug Wagner, your guest host for this edition of the podcast, sitting with Jeff Carlson. Jeff, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thanks for allowing me to take this chair. Thank this, you this for thank you for just jumping into that this chair. This was a wonderful idea. Don Evans along with us as well, one of the most fabulous voices I've ever heard. Don? How are you doing today, Doug? Wonderful. Glad to be here with just, you. I hope to learn you say the stuff. alphabet to me? A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And that's the show right there. That's <laughs> all, right. all it is. And Sarah Banowitz, uh, who's the studios uh, we're in, Banowitz Marketing Communications, thanks for freeing up your studios. Thanks for thanks for being here. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, it's something special this time of year when we get toward the big game. You have national championship games. March Madness is right around the corner. You have lots of athletes who are going out there, and these athletes, at the end of the game, they say, well, first of all, I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for helping me become the person that I am today. And you get a lot of people that kind of look funny at them. They, they used to look more funny at them until Tim Tebow came along. Amen. Saw somebody who is really kind of the real deal. The question that we're dealing with in this podcast today is, what if you took that same passion for Christ and you transferred it into a boardroom or into a business setting? Hmm. Now, we were talking before about being at a conference where you had a number of people up on stage talking about what makes their company special or different things like that. And the one thing that didn't come up, Jeff, was? The whole spiritual part. You know, because I was really looking forward to this. This was a uh, conference. It was about a, a very short, compressed, like hour and a half. Right, right. And all these panel success- talk. Yeah, panel talk. Mm-hmm. All these successful business people. And I'm like, oh, this will be great. And I, we get to the end, and there's like zero mention of anyone's faith or their spiritual walk or anything like that. And I'm like, well, it, somebody's got to have something there. Do you think it's absent from what their life is, or do you think it's just something they may be scared of saying? My sense is it is something that people are just scared of. You know, we we don't all have the uh, the spiritual gift of evangelism Mm -hmm. uh, like Sarah. (laughs) So, but even beyond that, I think sometimes uh, there's just so much. Uh, noise out there on social media and and people get attacked and so I think sometimes we just maybe get scared right do you think agree. some men kind of feel inferior over it and just don't want to you know it's been rough for me being a rough neck to lean into that based on all the people that I grew up with and around they're like what I mean Don's going all this Jesus thing now you know and I get that a lot. And I'm like, yeah, well, it's pretty cool. You ought to try it. Let Wait, what do you mean you. by inferior, though? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Explain what you mean. Do you I, confidence. They feel No, I think inferior? we do. I think we are afraid. When I first started be, being very public about my Christianity, mm-hmm. even as forward as I am, mm-hmm. I struggled with it, Doug. Yeah. I mean, I just like, yeah, I don't want to tell everybody. I mean, it's going to shock the whole world. Right. Uh, but once you do it for a little bit, it's like anything. It'd be, be like we talked about this morning. Now it's just become a habit. So now I'm codependent on Jesus. I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's, that's not a bad. That's not a bad spot. Yeah, to I be. think we're good with that. Exactly, right? Sarah. What are the two things that we're taught not to talk about in polite company? Um, 
politics and, and religion. Okay. You think that might be part of it and it's just being that's polite company at that point? Or yeah. is there, I mean, is there a place in the corporate environment for maybe evangelism or sharing one's belief in Christ? I think people might, business owners might be concerned that they will get sued too in our day and age. I don't think anyone really knows what the rules are. Mm. And there is the talk about the separation of church and government and we use that in schools and how does that translate into the working world i mean yeah yeah legally that's i mean that's a completely different different proposition it's that whole concept of the first amendment is freedom of religion not freedom from religion i think so many people have interpreted it as this freedom from religion so they think everywhere they go they could be free from somebody pushing it on them but in in a corporate environment have you been around people who have said hey let's take the opportunity to have a moment of prayer or even something as benign as a moment of reflection so we can open up our minds and our hearts mm-hmm. to what we're doing today. Have you ever been in a situation like that, Sarah? Um, I have done that at Banowitz Marketing. Okay. I also um, know that um, I'm part of Entre Leadership, which is Dave Ramsey's business leadership program. Mm-hmm. And Never I know heard that him. at <laughs> <laughs> I know that your station, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know that Dave Ramsey does oh, that, that with guy. His He's company. going places. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But otherwise I don't really have I don't have experience right. with that. For yeah. you, Jeff, what about you? And you can maybe, and I know where you stand personally, yeah. but have you been in environments where that's an, it's an available, it's an opening? Other than my own business, you know, that I've, this will be our 28th year, we've certainly incorporated uh, very intentionally uh, being open to God's leading uh, with the people that work there and even some outreach things. In fact, a few years ago, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Andy Stanley, but he's got some very good teaching, and we actually invited uh, people in to listen to some of his, uh, you know, little teaching segments. Okay. So, but no, other than uh, the company I, I own and run, no, I, I haven't. Well, have you? I mean, yes. Okay. Oh, yes, definitely. There's a couple of different areas. In fact, as a leader of a nonprofit housing agency, that was one of the things we did is is we had that act of prayer. But in addition to that, go into places where people had moved out or people were going to move in, pray for the people who left, pray for the people who came in. And it was uh, something that was very reflective. Um, Don, I want to come back to you real quick, because this is something where I worked with what you called yourself. I worked with Roughnecks when I worked at an affordable housing agency. It took a while of seeing that. But what your experience was in corporate farming was that a place where it was welcome at all, or no? It was and not when something. I was in corporate America in the mm-hmm. agriculture business all through the the eighties, nineties, and even to the last go around with that was in two thousand and twelve. Right, there was nothing involved with any prayer of any kind. There just excessive amounts of drinking after work. It was horrible. I mean, yeah. you even mentioned the word Jesus around there, and you got the deer in the headlights look. Exactly. Well, the only way somebody would is that, oh, Jesus, I've got a headache, and that's when they <laughs> yeah. would be cut from the hangover right. the next day. So how do we how do we do something about them? Is, is it something we should be doing something about, is finding a way to bring spirituality into the boardroom, into the business environment? Or is it just a matter, Jeff, of saying, I'm going to be an example for what Jesus can do in my life, and by living that example, people can see it? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. So one of the things that I've drawn a line on is we do not want to use Jesus to sell cars. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in the car business because I think too often times uh, then, you know, in, in these kind of settings, 
we sort of put our faith out there and we wear it on our sleeve. And it's like, well, gee, I am a, a good person. I'm a Christian. See, you know, I've got my, my Jesus fish on yes. the wall, <laughs> you know, yeah. buy from me. And I, I think that is, is you really got to be careful there. For me, I've just drawn a line in the sand. And I, in fact, people come in sometime and they'll say, well, Jeff, we've heard, you know, you run a Christian business. And I go, oh, hang on here a second. If you hear that, still do your due diligence. Mm-hmm. Still, you know, walk in with eyes wide open because uh, we don't sell the perfect car. You know, there isn't that perfect car out there. Right. You still need to do your due diligence, you know, get it checked out, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So I do think we have to be careful when and how, but I think we need to be open to those promptings. Um, and for me, it's after that sale's been done or with employees and staff to sort of sense, okay, what might be an opening here and what opening might I actually walk through and be bold and, and clear. Well, and I think one of the concerns that I have as I'm sitting here thinking about this is um, we write the paychecks. Mm-hmm. So how can we how can we say, oh, um, you guys, it's not mandatory, but we're going to do a Bible study every Tuesday at lunchtime or whatever. But mm-hmm. then, I mean, you do realize that the employees are sitting there thinking, oh, well, that person writes my check right yeah. <laughs> they sign the paycheck yeah and so i don't want to manipulate or force anyone to do something that they're not comfortable with and i think that's some of actually the the court cases that have been in the past and they've had you know decisions one way and then they've had decisions or, or another what about sarah just the whole concept of, of saying you know what we are a a, a christian-based business like Jeff said, we don't sell the biblically perfect car, yeah. but we're going to do like every other failing Christian, which we all are, we're going to do the best that we can to live within the rules set by the tenets of Christianity. And re- regardless of the of the Bible study, is that fair game for, for employers? Is that fair game for small businesses? Well, what would that look in, practica- like in, in practicality? In practicality? Yeah. Okay. Walk into the office. Do you have a cross-up? Do you have a religious or faith-based poster? Is it something where you do have a Bible yeah. on your desk and a Bible study yeah. that you do, whether it's with other people in the office somewhere? Just you don't you do it. You example it, but you don't make a big to-do about exactly. it. Exactly. And that is what – that is – I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we hit two years for Bandwitz Marketing last week, and okay. we went out for... Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> we went out for brunch together, mm-hmm. and I did... It was... I mean, the first two years of a business is incredibly difficult, and I did I did feel compelled that we should pray over our meal, mm-hmm. and so I asked one of my employees to do that, and she did, but even that felt like walking the line, yeah. um, because you know, you're in a public place, and everyone's bowing their head and stuff, and I don't know what the beliefs are of all of my you know team members, right. nor do I ask them, mm-hmm. um, but that felt like walking the line, but yeah, I mean, I have a Bible in my office, and... Mm-hmm. And and Don, I mean, when we're taking a look at something like this, when you when you look at the ability for people who are individuals, you are also a truck driver. Mm-hmm. You have a completely different atmosphere in which to do that as well. Because if I, there are some long haul truck drivers I know, they are the most competent, faithful Christians I've ever met because they have a lot of study time on the road that they take advantage of. In how do you? I mean, how can you on the road? How can you? 
be an example for other people, maybe not in a corporate atmosphere, but say, for example, if you've got a group of people that run roughly the same route and you see them over and over again, can you figure out a way to work Jesus into the conversation where you're not beating them about the head and neck with the Bible? Oh, yeah, it's pretty simple. I've done it for years, even before I would be what I would consider myself now a follower of Jesus Christ. And I mean, I, I've said it in podcasts before, Doug, I'm a, I'm on the Jesus train. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hear you people, farmers back in the day before I've gotten this devoted to Christianity. And as recently as now and last week, when his name is used in vain mm-hmm. and we're not going to say it, but we all know what it is. The listeners do too. I just say, no, he didn't. And mm-hmm. he walked on water. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, what? I'm like, no, think about what you just said. Mm-hmm. You know, you used his name in vain, but the man walked on water and he died on a cross for us. So could we just kind of skip over that from now on? Yeah. And luckily enough, based on my body size and my voice, I have not got any pushback on that. Other no, they no. Just turn and no. look at me and go, I, okay, that, whatever, Hoss. It's definitely, you know? it's definitely understandable. Definitely understandable. Uh, the, one of the things that that you brought up, I think, that really sort of is is the, the I guess the concept when you're taking a look at people. Uh, the way that popular culture has denigrated not just Christianity but most other faiths too, in, in, in they've just completely diluted it down to something where people, uh, you know, if you if you say, well, Jesus Christ had walked in water, well, that's just because he didn't know how to swim. Yeah. They try to make him imperfect. What the point comes down is that we're imperfect beings as followers of Christ, and you admitted that, I admit that, yeah. but there's an expectation, I think, of people who do who are Christians who do believe that they live by the red letters. They've got to follow those red letters right down to the T. And if you don't, then you're a hypocrite. What's the difference between a hypocrite and a sinner? I mean, in reality, what is the difference between a hypocrite and a sinner? No, nothing except for the fact that the hypocrite says that they're not a sinner. There you go. Yeah, because we're all sinners. Yeah. Right. I mean, until the whole world gets the fact that we're a sinner. Past, you know, our pastor at church, our intern pastor, everybody noticed it right away. Uh, he opens every sermon in prayer, Doug. Mm-hmm. And it, in the, right in the very beginning of the prayer, he said, Lord, forgive me because I know that I, too, am a sinner. And I just hope that you open up the hearts of everybody. He admits it every single week, mm-hmm. four times a weekend, that I am a sinner. And we all are. And going back to what you said about Tim Tebow, and take the Kurt Warners of the world oh, yeah. from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Mm-hmm. I've watched Kurt. I've seen him in person and shook his hand. Mm-hmm. So what I would say and what I've been trying to do since – uh, October of last year of 18 is be bold about it and not be afraid of it because what do I got to lose if there is no heaven and I'm walking around telling people about Jesus and it then it doesn't work out at least I've had a lot of hope and you know I'll, like Jeff says about using Andy Stanley mm-hmm. I mean I hope everybody in the world hears this if a guy can predict his own death and resurrection in three days and pull it off how are you going to deny that he's not jesus christ our lord you know it just exactly. blows my mind yeah well let's bring it back to the beginning here real quick talking with don evans with sarah banowitz and jeff carlson the original posit that we had out there was this concept that why are businesses why are business leaders maybe hesitant or reticent to address their spiritual relationship when they're talking about the things that help them in their business formulate what they do on a daily base when you're talking a best of kind of panel i'm going to throw this out there and see what you think about it 
Every business leader is expected to be perfect within their business. You look at Boeing, the big mistakes that were made here over the past year with regard to the 737 MAX and some other things, they're expected to be absolutely bulletproof. Maybe the idea that by stating your Christian principles that you are not standing on your own, but you're standing on the shoulders of a risen Savior, that makes you a little bit weaker, like you were talking about. What do you think about that idea from the outside looking in? Is it could that be a possibility of why mm-hmm. individuals are not interested because they're not taking responsibility for their own actions? They're laying at the foot of the cross. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's go a step further, Doug. I mean, let's be honest, totally honest. I just had a meeting with a quote unquote leader, mm-hmm. not a church leader, but a leader in a church atmosphere. Right. We had this conversation and his comment to me was, I don't know that I'm based on the questions you're asking me, Don. I don't not really sure that I'm probably leading quite as well as I should be. And I said, I know since I've been a young boy, I've been taught by old farmers, some lead, some follow and some just get the heck out of the way. Yeah. And I just feel that leaders in corporate America don't properly know how to lead. And they're too afraid to step up and say no this is what we're going to do this is the way it's going to be there are no ifs ands or buts about it we're going to lead this way this is how i want my company to run you're doing it with your people praying over lunch and there's a few athletes out there that are doing it and you know i don't know why everybody's afraid to just say it it's just like it's killing people to say jesus christ is my lord and savior and without him we're all dust you can't work your show and do what you do without christ i know you can't yeah i don't even know if you're a believer i just met you today some people but here's the thing some people they don't believe it or if they believe it they just it's kind of in the periphery of what mm-hmm. they do it's not the core of what they do and i think that's a big part of it and, and they like to pick and choose what they want to follow. You're right. And we can't stop them from doing that. That's, yeah. I mean, for, so then the question is, again, when you have individuals like that, is there something that we can do as individuals to help raise them up? Is there something we can do as individuals around them in order to empower them? Or is this just you give them a direction, you pray, and then let Christ do what Christ does? Jeff? Well, and I, I think a couple of things there, Doug. One is, to your point, uh, as a first step, to realize none of us are perfect. Mm-hmm. So if I'm a business leader and I'm out there giving a presentation on what has made me quote-unquote successful, I need to realize if I stand up and uh, talk about my faith, I'm not perfect. You know, So there's no perfect business person out there. Yeah. Uh, so I think just realizing that is helpful. And then the other thing is just what Don talked about, the fear thing too, right? I mean, it's just that fear of, okay, if I mention something spiritual, if I uh, sort of blur the line of this separation, as much as that's been miscued and miscued and mistalked about, separation of church and state, but as long as uh, I, I'm willing to step into that and blur that a little bit and say, well, this is a part of who I am, you know, emotional, physical, and spiritual, it's all important. And if I'm willing to just step out there and in some appropriate way communicate that, I need to, okay, deep breath. Yeah, it might be a little <laughs> scary. It might be. I don't have the gift of evangelism. I just don't do it naturally. Mm-hmm. But ought I not think about, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. It might, first couple of times, might be a little scary. Well, and I think the piece that's missing from this conversation is the why. Why mm. would um, 
like our business leaders doing it if you know why or why not but the big why which is why why would it even be needed that a business owner would need to say anything at all and I had just gotten back from Jeff made me um, he is my father so <laughs> although I'm in my late 30s he still makes me do things um, it ain't easy though <laughs> here's how I make Sarah do something I say Sarah don't go do that no I mean it'll do that. <laughs> um, so he sent me off to a leaders <laughs> yeah Dad knows our relationship very, Jeff and I our relationship very well um, so so Jeff sent me off to Chicago. Um, in December this last month and it was uh, about city catalyst movements Mm -hmm. and essentially um, business leadership and um, mixing business leadership and Christianity and impacting society as a result and one of the speakers said that um, and I did not know this but when we're talking about actual fishing um, 90% of the world's fish are that we consume and use for products and stuff are caught in 10% of the world's bodies of water. Mm-hmm. So let's just say that again, 90% of the of the world's fish that we use are caught in 10% of the world's bodies of water. And so what f- good fishermen know is that they go where the fish are at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they don't, they don't fish where there's not fish. Right. And so they were essentially saying that in today's day and age, um, the f- Fish and they were. T- this was a. This was two pastors. Um, the speech was two pastors that I was just there at, and um, they said that that is where, that's where the um, the, what would I say? Go to where the fertile soil is. Yeah, go where the fertile soil is, and um, they were just calling to action pastors and saying you really do need to pay attention to the businesses in your church body because you get to talk with your congregation on Sunday morning but the business leaders are leaving your congregation on Sunday morning and they are the ones that are interacting with the community that where the fish are at where the fertile soil is the rest of the world the rest of the week and so you really need to take those business leaders seriously and as a result mm-hmm. Um, the Global Leadership Summit started years ago. How many years ago, Dad? Oh, my golly. Yeah, decades. Mm-hmm. It decades started ago. as a training to train up pastors. And what it has morphed into mm-hmm. is training for business leaders mm-hmm. and their teams. And so um, this is a nice plug for the upcoming Global Leadership <laughs> Summit in August where business leaders can bring their teams and hear Craig Rochelle, Lisa Turkhurst, um, just some big names in the secular world right. and in the Christian world to, to teach their, their, their leadership teams and their, um, just their staff on solid leadership principles. Making faith a seven-day-a-week object yes. and enterprise. Yes. I mean yeah. really that's I mean I guess that's really the the big thing is pulling this from yeah. the middle of this conversation is taking faith out of just the one day a week on Sunday or the two day a week Sunday and Wednesday mm-hmm. and making it seven days a week so that not only are you exampling it but you're also creating an environment in which it can grow. And right. Doug, I'm gonna throw a question back at you then. Yeah. Why is that important? Why is it important that we have human beings living out a Christian faith Seven days a week. 
Because you have examples everywhere you go. But what does that do for humans? What does it do for you? It gives, what it, it gives them the ability. Well, it does a number. I could sit here. That's a 30-minute program. <laughs> in that's another podcast. Yeah, because that's the a whole other yeah. No, but what that does is it gives them the opportunity to not only learn, but be, also become mentors so that they can spread this and people, other people can learn. And you can also you can draw one another together in community because it's, we are meant to be a people of community in Christ. It's that's the whole point of it is that you can worship on your own. You ask, and you know, John McCain, great example. The folks who were in those cages in Vietnam, they worshipped on their own. Figured out a way to worship in community by by tapping out in Morse code. Sunday services, and then pretty soon it became more than Sunday services. We need that kind of community. We need to be able to do that as brother and sisterhood in Christ because that brings us closer to our creator, closer to our maker. That brings us closer to the ideals that we want to example, not only for the people that we work with, but also for the people that we live with, walk down the street with, the people that I honk the horn at because they were stopped on a green arrow and they were driving through a red light. Those people. so sorry about that. I do feel bad. It's like I was like, man, I'm really going to do this right now, and I just did that. So, so yeah, you, you I, never prayed they go to heaven, but real soon. <laughs> so for me, that's it. I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer. Well, no, and Don, the community that Doug was talking about. What is that? What has that meant to you? The community. The, the community. Yeah, the community and people around you, and living living for Christ seven days a week. Just the reigning of blessings, you know. I, that's why I'm so on fire to share the word of Christ with everybody because not just 14 or 15 months ago, you could have considered me a homeless person that was in solitude. Our, our current message up right now is loneliness that you and Terry and I did. I just listened to it for the first night since it's been aired. But, and here's something that I want to throw out not to get any sympathy, and only Jeff and Sarah know this, Doug. Um, I physically, Andy Stanley, we use him a lot, and we're going to, I think, in, in Journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, the coaches that coached me, Doug, go into the Mount Pleasant prison. I've got certified. I can go in there with them now, and okay. we watch Andy Stanley messages. He talks about all the time that people that are young, getting out of college, you know, oh, I've got to hurry up. i got to get married. i got to do this because time is not in my favor. And he said, you're wrong. Time is in your favor. I'm circling back, so bear with me. Okay, in my case, to be very candidly and not ask, not wanting sympathy from nobody, time is not in Don's favor because of the way I've abused my health. It's very, very poor. Mm-hmm. So I share at meetings, uh, recovery meetings, please, I beg of you, don't wait so long to quit and break your addictions because then I have to go contrary to what Andy Stanley says, and tell everybody, and you don't want to be me, mm-hmm. that time is no longer in my favor. Right. So what time I have left, I want to utilize that to the best of my ability and let anyone I can touch know that I've had blessings. I've reunited with my kids two weeks ago, 13-year gap. There's just been all kinds of stuff yeah. to answer why I want to tell everybody. Do I need to say any more? There's so many things you there can is. receive. Well, and if and, anyone, and we get taught yeah. in church all the time. The more you sow, the more you reap. I'm a farmer. If we planted right, we got more bushels. The more people I touch with Jesus Christ, I just keep getting more blessings. And so there, it's, it's yeah, and 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 there are lots of episodes of the Journey podcast where go um, on the website, search for Don, yep. and um, listen to 
several of mm-hmm. podcasts that he's talked about. He'll he dives into that deeper. Now, mind you, and we're going to wrap. We're not going to wrap on a negative note, but we do have to say is that in all realism, is that that Don, it is a blessing what's happened with you. But even if none of that happened, and you still are a follower of Jesus those blessings, the ultimate blessings are in the hereafter mm-hmm. where you know that Amen. you are going to be in the presence of mm-hmm. in the glory of Jesus, right? Yes, and that's and that's the biggest there. A lot of people who say, well, what about those Christians that don't get those blessings? What about if I'm a business leader and I throw my whole lot in with Jesus Christ and my business goes belly up and I'm homeless and I lose my wife, my kids, and my cars and their education and their whole future? It's it's not about that, and that's the sad thing is that getting people to have this grand understanding that it's not about what we have here today, it's not about what we have five years from now. It's about the legacy that you're created and where you are going to be when all this is over with. Well, we were never promised there weren't going to be storms in our lives, and we're supposed oh, to learn from the yeah. storms and the trials that we go through. Absolutely. And uh, so there's a lot of ways to look at that. So Jeff. What's the best way as business leaders, when you go back to a place like that and you have these business leaders sitting in front of you, what would you like to hear when they ask best practices within your within your life, within your companies? Nothing pushed, nothing forced. No. Just open, honest, hey, here's the spiritual part of my life. You know, just incorporate it in. You know, it doesn't have to be like... 100% of your talk, but at least have something there if it's there and just share share that clearly and boldly. All right. If you're listening, you're getting a good coaching right here because this is the kind of stuff that you're probably looking for. Take this to heart. These are these are words that are just off this off the cuff. None of this stuff has been rehearsed. My name's Doug Wagner. I've been sitting here with Sarah Banowitz, Jeff Carlson, and Don Evans. And uh, thank you for inviting me on this edition of the journey. I well, really appreciate so it. Thank Thanks you, Doug. I appreciate you being here. You've listened to another episode of The Journey Podcast. We're glad that you are with us. Uh, Feel free to like and subscribe on your favorite channels, and uh, we will talk to you later. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time, and make sure you like and subscribe. Visit us at journeycoaching.org, and check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Start your own journey at journeycoaching.org. Your life, your journey starts now. Ba da ba da.